Hi, welcome back to Pineapple Reels. I'm your host, Nia. And in today's episode, I'll be covering Jordan Pills Get Out, which came out in 2017, and Us, that came out in 2019. I'll be joined today by Marcia, who will be tackling the issues that happen in both of these movies. Stay tuned. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me good? Okay. Yes, I can hear you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for so me. Glad to be here. Yes, thank you again. Um, and I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Correct me if I'm saying it wrong. Marcia? Yes, that's correct. Okay, girl, because I was like, she's going to be mad at me if I said <laughs> See, if you said Marcia, we might have had a problem, but it's okay. I'm, it right okay, because I remember that when I met you, I was like, I swear someone said Marcia, and she was like, I'm not part of the Brady Bunch. Okay, like, yeah. like, so there you go. We got it. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about Get Out and Us, and you've seen both of the movies, so you know we can go ahead and dive right in. But um, overall, what did you think about, we'll start with Get Out, since it came out first. What did you think about Get Out overall? Um, I thought it was a great movie overall. I mean, um, it tapped into our biggest fears as Black people living in America. Um, and I think, you know, we never see that on film. And it's never this bold. Um, so for mm-hmm. me, it was very eye-opening. Um, I, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel like it's something everyone needs to see because it's our reality. Right, exactly. That, that's how I felt when I... When I saw it, I know about you, but I felt like the tone kind of changed. Like you're like living, I don't know if you were living in Austin at the time when it came out, but here in Austin, I felt like uh, particular white people were acting a little bit different and being mm-hmm. a little bit more aware and conscious, conscious of what they were saying and doing. I even had a white woman ask me because I was working at, a, I was volunteering at South By and she said, oh, have you seen Get Out? And I said, yeah, I saw it. And she said, well, do you think that's really the black person experience? And I said, yes. I was like, honestly, a lot of times white people kind of make things awkward by pushing so hard and advocating. And it's like, I get that you're not my enemy. You know, you can, you can tone it down a little bit. It's okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. So let's get into overall. So when the movie opens up for Get Out, the first thing we hear is, Shadows can be no song red bone now when you first mm-hmm. watched it did you acknowledge that or did you just hear oh i like this song yeah that's exactly what it was what i love so much about get out is um there's a lot of foreshadowing uh specifically you know that song in particular i think when it first came on i'm just in the theater you know bobbing my head grooving just yeah. listening to the music like oh my god i love this song not even thinking like this is a moment. This is this is something that you need to kind of take into point because it's important. So yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think of it as a a song that I kind of need to keep in the back of my head. I was just jamming, you know. Same the whole theater because I saw it opening night, and the whole theater we we're just like dancing and singing, and we none of us are thinking about it like that. But you know, you can clearly hear him, you know, saying "Stay woke," and they highlight it. But like you're saying, you're just in the moment, so it's like, ah, whatever, you know, I'm ha- I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. Now, you know to be honest that's literally how it is being a black person sometimes you're not your eyes isn't opening open to what's happening around you you're just kind of going through the motions of life and I think that's 
we literally experienced that in the theater in this moment and not really really realizing that that's something we experience day to day too you kind of overlook certain things white people may say or certain things going on around you for the simple fact that you're just this one black person in a moment you know that's very true i think that's more apparent when you live in a, a like a state that's not in the south yes in the south i think we're used to certain things that white people say that's not trying to undermine us whereas if you live in like washington state or right. like i don't know utah you're not really keen to those sort of things so it like just easily goes under the radar you don't think anything of it so I, I do like that he really pushed it without hitting you over the head with it you know i i, I love i love peel's approach to things of like I, i'm gonna hold your hand through it but i still want you to try to learn learn it yourself and, and see what i'm talking about you know absolutely i agree yeah now let's like flash forward to when they were um when uh, the lead character when him and his girlfriend when they were driving to her uh, parents house and you know they hit the deer yep and you know all that and they get they get pulled over i mean when the cop, cop comes over and you know at first everything's fine until the cop's like i want his id and she's like uh no why you need his id he wasn't the person driving it was me and I feel like we all, you know, we, we know that moment of, of you know, this uh, a police officer, you know, being unjust and, and unfair. So for a moment, we were, I felt a little scared for him. I was like, what's going to happen? Because she can't protect him. I did like that she spoke up for him in that moment. You know, I was like, okay, she, you know, she really pushing for her man. And then later, you know, realized, oh, that's why she was, you know, advocating for him because she doesn't want her stuff to get messed up or anything to go back to her because the guy that has a double back and go get the cop and make him hut, shut up or kill him, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think in that moment, I, you know what? I picked up on a lot of things uh, from that moment. So I kind of want to, I kind of want to pinpoint each part, but even the deer hitting the car, um, the dad made a comment later in the movie where he talked about getting rid of deers and how they're pests and how they're this and they're that. And I really reflect yeah. that. That was his thought process of black people. Like, this is how exactly. he feel about black people. Um, it's kind of like roadkill, like good riddance. One out of however many is gone. Great. Um, yep. And then also with the cop, you know, that whole situation, I do agree with you. I think she was setting it up so that way they didn't get any information about him being with her. But also I wanted, I, I felt like she did that to almost give him a level of level get him to a level of comfortability like oh she has my back or oh she has my best exactly. interest at heart um it's almost like pulling the the wool over the sheet like they say or the wool <laughs> over the the wolf whichever the saying is you get what i mean um yeah. but basically blindsiding you um they don't want you to feel like you know what your danger is ahead they want you to think you know this is this is a safe space i got your back type of thing and there really are white people like that that you will think are you know, on your side or, you know, they're all about the culture. They're all about this, but then they're really for themselves. And I think that's what that experience was with her trying to, you know, deflect the cop from taking his information. It wasn't about, um, you know, her doing the right thing or doing right by him. There was so much more beyond the bigger picture for her. Definitely. Definitely. I, and I, this, this actress, the, the played his girlfriend, she played Marnie in Girls. So that's, that's like my first experience with her. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, and it's not that I have apprehensions or feelings towards uh, black men dating outside their race or black women dating. I don't, I don't care. Date whoever you want to date who treats you well. But I just didn't trust her character from the beginning when, when they were, when they were packing to go to the parents' house. 
and he says do they do they even know i'm black and she just laughs off like they don't care mm-hmm. but she but he she doesn't really answer it or basically it's not like they don't know it's like well why not that that is a thing you should tell your parents you know like make, put me at ease as your boyfriend you know how it is when you know some parents you know especially like boomers generation they have a certain feeling towards dating outside of your race in particular with black people and that threw me off I was like mm, I don't trust her something just don't sit right with me with her you know and it's kind of like they kind of teeter-totter back and forth with oh she, she can be trusted no she can't be trusted kind of thing throughout throughout the movie until like you know they show you like oh no she's crazy he he's in trouble absolutely it was a lot of that you're absolutely right um and that moment I picked up on too uh because like you said I think you know with the generation that her parents are in it doesn't matter that you feel like they will be cool that's something you discuss if this is a partner that you're bringing to meet them clearly you guys are invested into the relationship and that's a topic you should have brought to their attention because you don't want it to be an awkward experience where they're walking up and they're thinking you're bringing home a white man and you're you bring home a black man that's a shocker especially to that generation so if if he was important to you or if he was at the level where we thought they were at she definitely should have mentioned that mentioned the race thing early on you know or prior to him coming to the home that was definitely important that's definitely important and i feel like her leaving that out kind of was a moment for us to be like hmm yeah, I just mm, she just was I don't know maybe something in her eyes, but she's very untrustworthy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for this movie, what motivates the protagonist in his or struggle against the antagonist? I think in this particular movie, um, what motivates him? Hang on one second. Re say that question one more time for me. I just want to make sure I'm I'm reiterating so that to you correctly. Okay, what motivates the protagonist in his struggle against the antagonist? Okay, um, I think in this situation, uh, you know, he kind of pick up on picked up on little things here and there, but the real moment for him where he kind of had the motivation to go against her was when he opened up that box and seeing yes. that and seeing that she was. Um, you know, doing this to multiple black men. Like, it's one thing for a woman to, you know, not see race or, you know, whatever story they like to tell themselves. And they're they're dating outside their race. And she had, like, at least seven to ten guys that she clearly had, you know, b- been involved with. And then it was that moment where he seen those last two photos. And one was that black guy he came across. And one was that that black woman who was a maid. So at that yep. moment, I think it was for him, he turned into survival mode. Where he was like, you know what? It's not her family. It's her included. And he had to realize, like, it's a you or me situation right now. So now the struggle was him, you know, getting out of not only her family's home, but getting away from her too. He realized at that moment she was involved and he had to do what he had yeah. to do. <laughs> That's that, that fight or flight thing. And the yeah. thing is he, he, he did choose to, to flee and then realized that that wasn't working. I was like, okay, well, I have to fight because I don't have any other choice. Mm-hmm. But what I do want to highlight, this backtrack on, because I realized that when you were talking and I was like, oh yeah, I thought about this, is um, you talk about how many, you know, how many men were in that tent, how many pictures. That goes into these white men not valuing or appreciating these white women either. They don't care about them either. You're pimping your daughter out. She's having sex with all these men to bring them back to use for you whether it's for financial gain so she's a victim she's not realizing it 
but she's also a victim of, of her father and, and her mother, you know, and they, they're just willfully being okay with it. You know, I thought that was the issue. Absolutely. And I think um, that, you know, I'm glad you made that point. Cause to be honest with you, I didn't, con- I didn't even connect the dots about that at all. Like not even a little bit thinking about what her, the lengths her parents would go through, but that just proves to you the hate that's in their heart. Because imagine going so far to, to attack black people or to, you know, hate black people that you pimp out your own child as a part of that process. I mean, that if that isn't enough for you to be like, you know what, this isn't okay. The fact that you have to do something to your child, that means that your hate stems beyond even just, you know, I I, I hate black people. Like you have to, this has to be something deep within your soul for you to even allow yourself to do that to your own child as well even beyond just getting rid of black people or doing what you're doing to black people now you're you're harming your daughter in the process because now she has to go through you know dating and having relations with these men over and over and over again for your sake you know i would have liked as if they if she kind of would have had like a psychotic break or she would have been like you know i'm tired of this you know i'm the one that's having to put the work in and get them here and i have to give my body to them like you're not realizing it but Clearly, that it wasn't about her, which goes into again with this misogynistic viewpoint of like it's not even about you, sweetheart. You're just a pawn in this game, and it is what it is. And you know what? You know, and it sucks because there was a moment where she said to him, she said to um to the character, she she told him, "You are my favorite." And yeah, that was so creepy. Yeah, that's really weird. It's like imagine dating someone and really being invested and really starting to enjoy their company only to realize that you have to do this for gain for your family. Like, I just can't imagine myself doing that. But again, that stems back to, like I said, she was a victim too. And I think her parents hate for black people. They really didn't think about what they were doing to the full extent. And it's so crazy because now you fall in love with someone or you really like someone. How are you even able to fall through with those same plans? Like you said, I would have loved if she had a moment where she just was like, no, enough is enough. I'm not going to do this. If he was your favorite, you know, I would think that that may be something they could have leaned on and allowed her to, to mm-hmm. change her narrative. Because I think there was a part where he even said, like, this is like, Rose, this isn't, this isn't you. And she's like, this is me. This is my family. And I think that was him trying to be like, I've seen these very beautiful sides of you. You didn't hint towards me at all that you had this, like, ugly, evil side, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember, I remember too, like when they were packing, he had said, or she had said, you know, no, the friend, the friend, uh, Little Rail's character, the TSA agent, he was like, why are you going to go meet her parents? Like, it's way too early. I think they're like dating like like, between four and six months. He's like, this is kind of early to be meeting her parents. And he was like, oh, you know, it's like not that big of a deal. Or this is how her family is. And I was like, nah, that's weird to me. Because personally, you're not meeting my father and my mother and my family until we've been dating for a long time. And I know that I'm sec- we're secure in this relationship because I don't want to waste their time. Right. So to me, that would have been a red flag of like, why are we meeting your pa- why are we meeting your parents so early? Like, I don't even know how deeply I feel about you yet. Like, let me let me take some time to think about this. No, absolutely. I mean, I think he he didn't pick up on a lot of red flags initially. Like, even the point you just made, and even with like her family, I feel like early on there were a lot of red flags with her family and, and the household um, from the brother to the dad to the mom, there were just a lot of, a lot of red flags and maybe he excused it out of the simple fact of ignorance. 
Like, I feel like we do that a lot as black people. Like, you know, maybe they don't know or maybe they're ignorant to it because they said certain things that were just like, huh, who says that? And I think, yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, he just didn't pick, he just didn't do a good job of picking up on those red flags initially, like you said. And I want to say that, though, like how they were like at that, at that dinner party that they had where everybody came over. And they're asked, they're like, oh, you know, like I, I would have voted Obama for th- for a third term if I yeah. could have. Ha ha ha. All these like typical white jokes that people that white people say that they're not really realizing. It's like, why do you feel the need to, to bring this up? We're not even talking politics. Like maybe I didn't vote for Obama. Maybe I voted for somebody else. You know what I mean? You're just trying to play like, oh, do you do you play basketball? I like basketball too. Just like maybe I don't like basketball. Maybe I'm not even into sports at all. You know, you're trying to make me a stereotype. And I'm not that stereotype, you know. So like that bothers that bothers me too. But like you're saying that that character, Chris, he he is not awake. He's not aware of certain things. But his friend, that t- that's <laughs> for me. That the little Rail's character was my favorite in this whole movie because he's that friend. Yes. Like, hey, you dummy, what are you doing? Get out! Mm-hmm. Like when he called him, he was like, "What are you doing?" That dude, that's our friend. Like we, we know he's missing. Like you need to leave. You need to go. Yeah, you need to come home. There were home. multiple moments where he he warned him. He warned him before he was born. He warned him on the trip. He warned warned him while he was there. He warned him multiple times. And I think again, this just goes back to some people, some black people, you know, wanting to. I mean, we we let's be honest. We share a space with white people. They're here. We're here. We 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 want to be able to coexist. And I think sometimes we allow that we allow that desire to coexist to blind us from certain things. And I feel like that was him. Like his friend was very woke, very weird. Like, no, do not do this. You know, you're making a big mistake. There, he kept calling it like a sex slave trade. Yeah. Like, I mean, he knew he knew something was off. Something was fishy. And I think. As black people, you have to be, it's, it sucks that we have to be this way, but you do have to be aware at all times of what's mm-hmm. going on, the small details, the red flags, all that stuff. Yep. It's, and, and, and it's, I, I've had this conversation with white friends of mine and white strangers, and they're like, is that really the black experience? And I said, well, I can't speak for every black person in the world, but yes, I, I used to live in Washington State, and then I moved to Texas, and I've traveled a lot over the world. I'm like, you see some ugly sides of people. And I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've had white, like, my white friends or family members, they'll be like, oh, you know, um, I'm not a big fan of black people, but I like you. Do, are you hearing what you're telling me right oh, now? Oh, gosh. I are you hearing what you're saying? I, I, I'm, your, I'm your exception. I'm your magical Negro. Like, I don't, I don't like that. It's not cool. And I'm like, you're not understanding that you're, you're telling me you're racist, but, but I'm a quote-unquote good one. I'm like, I, you're trying to separate me from the pack. I don't, I don't like that. Because how you're feeling about me another white person who's racist when they see me they don't think that they automatically you know are on alert or they're worried or scared you know what I mean and they're not realizing or putting two and two together absolutely you're the token negro is what it is um Mm -hmm. I grew up in Chapel Hill North Carolina which is a very white city like it's extremely white I can count on two hands how many black people I went to school with growing up um in that area and then I moved to Durham North Carolina which is predominantly black, like the black community is heavy. And then I moved out here to Austin. So it's the same thing. So it was the same thing as my upbringing. So I've experienced both levels of, of being, you know, a minority and then also being a majority um, in an area. So, and, and, and I think that has helped me tremendously because growing up, I had a ton of white friends um, 
I even myself, I don't like the term when people say act white, but um, yeah, I you know, like I, I was not very tapped into my own culture. I, that's how I prefer to word it. I was not tapped into my own culture um, because of my surroundings. And I think I blind, I was blind to a lot of stuff growing up that later in life, you know, I talked about, I talked with a childhood friend about our experiences and we talked about it, about how, you know, we really witnessed a lot of racism and we didn't know it was racism at the time because we knew nothing else. Like, we were the minority. So we didn't know that this was odd. We just thought this was normal. You know, I'm, my skin is darker than their skin. So these conversations are normal to have. Like there'd be sleepovers or stuff that I would go to and the parents were weird towards us. And, you know, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I was, first of all, I was a child, but on top of it, I knew I was black and I knew I was different, but I didn't think they were being racist. I just think, you know, I'm a little different. So that's just why I get treated different. It's normal. And then, you know, I moved and, and I'm thankful for all of my experiences because I feel like now, you know, I am, one, I, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself tremendously woke, but I do feel like I am open to, I, I view a lot more things and I'm able to see a lot more things with a clear view than I was before. So I don't think you're giving point. yourself enough credit, like, because even the first time I actually had a conversation with you, I was like, damn, this girl is tapped the fuck in. She just... <laughs> she gets it you know what I mean like you know living like like you said living here in Austin I always say it's like it's a sea of salt and there's specks of pepper it's kind of hard to find your tribe yeah. here you know what I mean and yes. so you know I'm I'm glad that we that I went to hip-hop bingo because like you know I was like oh my god look at all these beautiful black people and all these different tones yes. I'm just like look at all these different like clothing styles you know what I mean I, I love it you know you have the alternative black girls over here I appreciate mm -hmm. that because the prim and proper ones I'm like I like it you got your Gucci and your Louie I appreciate y'all too everybody looks good out here <laughs> and it was just like a room full of love and I'm like you don't get that just walking down the street I noticed that here in Austin mm -hmm. when we're walking around it's like when you see another black person you get so excited and yes. you're like are they gonna be my new best friend are we gonna be cool can we hang out can we get drinks you know what I mean because like you're just like I want that interaction that connection you know what I mean it's just like my sister lives she lives in Philly and you know Philly is a heavily black populated area yes, you know what I mean? okay cool like I, and I just went there a couple weeks ago and I was just like oh, I love Philly because like I don't feel any kind of way over there it's like you're mostly dealing with your own people you know what I mean so it's like they understand they get it, you know what I mean. Compared to, I feel like in Texas, you know, we are we are a really red state, you know, yeah. it's southern southern traditional values and stuff like that. So there's sometimes like we were driving through little small podunk uh, uh, cities, and my friend had me to stop to go to the bathroom. I was like, "Great, better hold that. I'm not pulling over." And she's like, "Why not?" Yeah. Like, I don't stop in these lynch lynch Negroes uh, yes. cities. No, sundown towns. I don't sundown do sundown towns. Town. I, yeah, I went to I went to college in East Texas. I went to the name. It's not a bad school, but I went to college in East Texas. And when I visited the school, everything was fine. So I went for photography. It's like I met the photography professor and the theater arts person. And they're they're all these sweet people. Everybody was so nice, right? When I moved there. Uh, after about a week or two, I called my dad. I was like, yo, dad, this town is stuck in 1955, I swear. This is crazy. Oh, no. You know, like, I wanted the few dark-skinned girls that they're seeing, and they're having an issue with it, and I'm not really used to that, you know? But, you know, I'm I'm alert to it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I, I get it. I had this lady, you know, one day she was like, oh, 
you know, you're probably on welfare and don't know your father. And I was like, oh, stop. What? Yes. I, I was I was I was a car hop when I was 19 at Sonic. And I was it was like this this lady, this country lady, and she looked nice or whatever. And she's like, Oh, I think it's so good that you know you're working and you know your dad's not around and he's a deadbeat and you probably you probably have what? two kids that are on welfare. I was like, ma'am, um, <laughs> I yes. I'm a full time student and I, I work here full time as well. My dad actually pays for my college out of his own pocket. <laughs> he's been in my life since before my birth. I call him all the time. We have a good relationship, you know. And it was just very. I just didn't. It was just so disgusting of her to assume this, this things about me. Girl, it'd be the audacity. Yes, like, literally. What? And my my boss, he heard it. He said, "What did she say to you?" And my boss was white, and I, I was like, "Look, it's not a big deal. It's whatever." Because clearly, she has hate in her heart, and I don't got time for that. You know, like it's it's whatever. And he went out there and he said, "Uh, you want to harass my employees? You could go with your with your disgusting racist self." Mm-hmm. And she was like, "I spend money here. Like, I don't care. You can go. I own the building. So what are you gonna do? Call Sonic? Call them. I own this building. It's fine, you know." So exactly. I appreciated that he had my back, and he was just so shocked. And like, you will see the ugly sides of people that you know when you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. whether someone comes and tells you, or you kind of see it on the sneak, you know, and that heavily tied into this movie too like he didn't know this ugly side about his girlfriend and when he saw it he was in such shock he didn't like he was kind of paralyzed like yo are you being serious right now like when when he was right. leaving he was like rose where are the keys like i can't find them and then they're in her purse and she like starts laughing he's like whoa what like yeah what just, what just happened like oh yeah your girl not really your girl man he, i think i think he was thinking oh his her parents are doing something to her but in reality she's like oh no i'm in on the i'm in on it too and this is happening on yeah, purpose. Right on the end. It's just it, that 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 for me was I was just like I just felt so bad for him because like I put myself in his shoes. What do you do in that moment? You have four people against you. Where are you gonna go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what can you really do? How do you escape? You know. In See that one moment? thing. One thing I took from this movie though that really you know I pride myself being black. I love being a black woman. I wouldn't trade it for anything else. And I think. Um, the one thing I loved about this movie is that Jordan Peele made a point to allow us to realize that being black is beautiful. The white, the white people in the movie that talked about, you know, why they're doing what they're doing, they say, they literally say, sometimes we want to be stronger. Sometimes we want to be faster. Sometimes we want your eyesight. Sometimes we want this, we want that. And, you know, I, I, I believe that to be true. I think a lot of the people who struggle with us as people, as black people, a lot of the white people that struggle with us as black people feel intimidated because we, let's be honest, uh, you know, we really do have these genes, these dominant genes. Even if, even if you take the whitest of white person and you take the lightest of dark person and they have a child together, that child is still going to have some form of melanin because yeah. our genes are so strong. We have those dominant genes. We're faster. We're built bigger. We're stronger. We're, you know, and, and I love that Jordan Peele made a point to bring that up in the movie when talking about why they hate us or why they want to be us or why this or why that, because it, 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 it's the confidence we need as black people. We never understood, at least me growing up, never understood what the hate came from, where, what the issue was. But I think when, when someone feels inferior to another, their next step is dominance, control. How can I control this person? Yeah. And, I think, and, and, and I love that about the movie because it made me, again, feel proud to be black. Despite everything that's going on, I'm like, y'all are doing this because you hate to see that 
what we who we can become, what we are. You want to emulate that. You want to be that. Yeah, and I I talked to my father about it because the way that my parents raised me was to not have hate in my heart for anybody. So mm-hmm. whenever I was experiencing someone being a certain kind of way, like my first the first type of racism that happened to me, I was I was like eight or nine. It was my neighbor. And it was a white a white boy, and he was upset at me because I, like, didn't want to play the, the game he was playing the way he wanted to play. And he called me midnight. And I was like, I'm not even that dark, though. Like, it, like I, was in it, I wasn't in on the joke. I was like, I don't see how I'm midnight. And he started, he, said, he called me blackie, and I was like, okay. Like, it just wasn't hurting my feelings. I was like, this is just weird. And then he called me the N-word. Now, I know what the N-word is. And so I surely went home. And I told my mother, and my mother is a very, very Jamaican woman, and she came <laughs> next door and knocked on the door and was like, I need to speak to you about what your son's talking to my daughter about. And I thought my mom, because my, my mom, oh, she's a fighter for her children. I will, She will go crazy for her kids. And I thought she was about to beat this woman down. And I was like, Mama, no, please. Like, I, I don't want no problem. She's like, Nia, calm down. And she came, the, lady came, the lady came outside. My mom just like basically told her about herself. She's like, kids are not naturally like this. They're taught it. You need to be better with your son about how he moves in this earth because one day it's going to it's gonna affect him negatively. And the woman was like denying it. And I think this thing like with the racist is like they keep denying what you're saying. It's like, if you're a racist, then you're a racist. I don't know why they hate that term so much. It is what it is. It's what you are. But my mom had a very nice approach to it. And then my mom, my mom was like, no, sometimes they have an excuse to do something. So you got to be careful in what you say and what you do and how you move in this earth because you're being watched like a hawk. And that's so, mm-hmm. that's so true, unfortunately. You know what I mean? So like I have a lot of nieces and nephews and some of them are, you know, full black. Some of them are biracial. And I'm just like, no matter what, you're, you're seen as black first. And I worry for them because I'm just like, you know, you're, you're, you're a kid now and you're happy. And then you're going to learn about how people are going to treat you different because of something you can't change. And it just kind of hurts my heart that they're going to have to go through that. Like what we had to go through, what our parents had right. to go through. Like, I don't know how old your parents are. My dad, he, um, he's a boomer and he, he was around when there were, when there were, uh, you know, white sinks and black sinks. So hearing that, I was like, that's already as weird to me because I didn't have to experience that. You know, like a lot of things happen when he was a kid and a teen that, you know, we don't have to go through, thankfully. But you gotta you gotta put yourself in those shoes of if I was around at that time period, what would I really have what would I really do or what would I have done? How would I would how would I have been as a person? You know? We can say whatever we want to say now, but we don't know because we're not experiencing yeah, we, at that time. Exactly. We didn't act we weren't physically there, you know. I, I always I joke because or or not I joke, but I laugh at people because they love to say we're not our ancestors. And uh, that's that's black people's favorite term whenever they're like, you know, protesting or anything. We're not our ancestors. We'll do this. We'll do that. You don't know what you would have done back then because times were completely different. Life was completely different. I mean, if we're going to be honest, we're privileged to live in these days because the racism is less. um, It's still there. Don't get me wrong, but it's less out in the open like it's there, but it's hidden now because they people are aware that it's wrong. They just don't care to change it. Um, so, I mean, we're not getting holes down in the street. Well, 
let me rephrase because I mean, with these protests, things have been yeah, happening. Yeah, I'm about to say, these um, protests. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does seem like we're going backwards a little bit. It really does. Uh, but I mean, we, we, we didn't go through the times of whips and chains and, and shackles and, you know, plantations and picking from sunup to sundown. We're not in those times. We're not experiencing that. We, we're not a part of Jim Crow laws. We're not in none of that. So we have to be grateful with where we're at. Yeah, true. Sure. But you cannot deny the strength of the people that came before you or what they were doing and assume that you can do this or you would have done this because you don't know, like you said. Yeah, definitely. Um, so going back, what life lessons can we learn from the choices made by the characters in this story? Well, I think one more, most importantly, just being self, being aware of what's going on around you. Um, you know, t- taking in... The, the little things, because those are what will what could have protected him if he took certain precautions. Um, I think also not being so so trusting so early on, you know, you want to see the good in people. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm all for that. You know, I I prefer to be an optimistic person. But I think sometimes you do have to step outside of situations and and look at them for what they are. So I think, um, you know, just being aware of what's going around, what's going on around you, one is important. Also, um, you know, trusting your gut. I mean, I feel like if your friends are telling you something doesn't seem right, dig into it, figure, figure out, you know, your friends don't, people who have your best interest at heart aren't going to tell you things to scare you or to, you know, for kicks and giggles. I mean, sometimes there's truth behind their words. So do your due diligence. Um, On top of that, I mean, I think, you know, the fight or flight thing is something we all have to have. It's innate. Um, And I think knowing when to use it and, and when to just not give up and keep pushing and also just, you know, I, I think there are a lot of life lessons here in this movie, but most importantly, like I said, just, you know, being aware that that's going to be the biggest thing. Being aware of what's going on around you will save you a lot in the long run. Definitely. Um, so there's a part, and I don't know if you picked up on this because I picked up on it when I saw it in the scene. When I talked to my friend after, he was like, I didn't really pick up on that. I'm like, I feel like it was like right in front of your face. So the part <laughs> where like, you know, um, Chris, he gets captured and he's like in that basement strapped to the chair and they have some kind of was like kind of like hypnosis thing like she's like trying to talk and he knows you know he's gonna, she's going to try to hypnotize him again and put him in that sucked in place because for whatever reason villains in movies like to tell you exactly what they're going to do to you right before they do it and it's just like yep. why? doesn't make no sense <laughs> um, but like there's a hole or like about to be a hole in the in the seat and he, he there's cotton in it and he has to pick the cotton he picks the cotton out and puts in his ears, right, to drown out the sound of what she's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that symbolize, that's what it symbolizes, you know, like, at, like ancestors, you're, you're having, to, having to pick cotton. It's just like, the thing that saves his life, literally, is picking cotton. So, like, mm-hmm. when you saw that, did you pick up on it? Or were you kind of like, okay, that's a smart move to do, you know, like, to block out the sound? You know what? I, I literally thought of it. It wasn't until the second time I watched it that I picked up on that. The first time, I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Uh, cushion stuffing put it in your ear like I, I wasn't even thinking anything beyond that the second time I watched it I realized that it was cotton and it's like the same thing that was our demise or kind of like our enemy back then is the same thing that we're able to use he was able to use now to protect himself 
And it's like, that was, like you said, your ancestors helping you, like the things around you are the, the, what's there, what's your, what's in your reach within your reach can be that same very thing that protects you in the long run. And, and no, initially to answer, to answer your question, no, initially I did not uh, pick up on that. It wasn't until the second time that I kind of was looking for the small, I was looking for that, the small details. And I was like, wow, Jordan is a genius. Like he really, he really outdid himself thinking of those little things to even put here and there. And I know you didn't bring this up, but I kind of wanted to say it. I don't know if you will later, but I don't know if you recognize the milk separation from the cereal. I didn't um, like it to me. To me, that represents her being like a sociopath. Absolutely. She, not only was she a sociopath, but I took it as not wanting, I mean, keeping things pure. So the milk she wanted to keep aside because it was white from the colors of the Fruit Loops. So I looked at it as that. And then also, yes, very sociopath, because who does that? Um, even beyond just, you know, you trying to, but I really thought of it as like, is she trying to separate colors from white? Like the milk, here the milk is pure. I don't want to mix it with the color. I mean, I still enjoy dabbling in colored men. That was my thought. I'm still going to eat the cereal, but I'm going to stay pure and make sure that I keep my milk away from it. That was my thought. That may be a stretch, but that's what I got. No, see, okay. So I, I use, I, I go on IMDb all the time and I did not pick up, pick up on that. I just thought of it as like, you know, I, I, I study psychology. So I, I, that's what I thought. I'm like, Oh, she, she's clearly, clearly a crazy person. But exactly <laughs> what you're saying is what it is. She wants she wants to keep the colors away from the whites, you know, the pure from the impurities. And I was just like, oh, that makes sense. You know, it's just like he did a like that's a double entendre. He did a he had a lot of those in, in this film. And I'm like, Jordan does a really good job of <laughs> showing you something or telling you something without, you know, bur- like doing it too much. Like, I get it, shut up. But it's mm-hmm. enough where because not everybody picks up on every single thing. You give it a second, right. third, fourth watch. You're like, okay, now I'm seeing everything he did, you know? And so I really appreciate that. But yeah, like, I already thought that girl was weird. I saw, when I saw that part of the scene before like, we knew she was crazy, I was like, oh, no, mm-mm. she got problems. I don't yeah. know what it is, but there's something about this girl. And I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. It just, it just creeps me out. She but, was um, definitely off. Very. So, you know, the the maid, I think her name is Georgina, and then the mm-hmm. groundskeeper. Did you real? Mm-hmm. yeah, the maid and the groundskeeper. Did you realize that, I didn't realize this until I read it, that their hairlines are covered? And, and also, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, his character, he, he was wearing a hat the whole time. Did you realize that with those three characters? Their hairlines were covered? Yes. So Georgina, her hair, she had bangs to cover her hairline. And oh, the groundskeeper, he had a hat. And then Lakeith Dancil's character, he had that straw hat. And it's to hide the scar of them cutting the head open to switch the braids for the transplant. Wow. I literally watched this movie again and still did. I remember seeing his head, but that was later in the movie. Um, yeah. Seeing the, the groundskeeper's head, but that was later. Uh, that's so crazy. No, I did not notice. But now that makes sense. I mean, how else were they to hide it? Yeah, I didn't real I didn't realize that at all until I actually they have this this like IMDb fun facts kind of page. And I didn't oh. know that until I read it. I was like, man, that's so good. It, it's again, there's something so small, the very yep. tiny detail that you don't realize, you know, in, in, until later. And then um kind of like showing that there's some like I think we take it as Georgina's has a problem where she's weird, is when she's like talking to Chris's character. 
and she started saying no i will like repeat like no 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 and she's yep. crying and you're like what is wrong with this woman that's the real woman trying to like you know yep. come through and, 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 and make a breakthrough you know what i mean it's just like it's mm-hmm. it's because she's trapped in like when we when we see the first time what the second place is like oh man like i i felt like i was in it it just really it really settled in with with me and i felt i just felt so bad because he's stuck it's like you're seeing everything and you're screaming and it's like you're drowning you can't get out i'm like oh uh, that would be a horrible horrible feeling of like you like no one can help you whatsoever and the people that are around you you know they're gonna act like everything's okay or they can cover it up easily you know yeah absolutely um when I when I first seen the the scene where he was kind of falling into like the pits of nothingness, I was like, dang, I really thought about the other people. I'm like, wow, that's literally what they're experiencing right now. Every single day that they wake up, they're there. They literally can physically see and hear, but have no voice. Like, and you know, I kind of thought about that as, and this is this may be a stretch too, but I really thought about like kind of felons in a sense. You know, the world gets stripped from them. Oh, my um, God. Is this by my house? <laughs> I think so. But it's yeah, okay. I was like, um, it's so loud. <laughs> the world get like, their their voice gets stripped from them. So so with felons, their voice gets stripped from them, and their, their ability to, you know, do certain things gets taken from them, but they're still existing in this world that expects them to be a human. Um, and like I said, I know this is a stretch. I know that's not what he intended, I'm sure. But that's what I thought. I thought about how our new society is, yeah, we don't have slaves, but we have slaves to the prison system. And so yeah. this is their experience. They're here. They're they're walking around day to day, you know, minor charges that shouldn't have turned them into felons, but here they are. They have no voices. They have no say. They're just simply existing. They can't get good jobs. They can't do this. They can't do that. And I feel like that's literally our modern day slavery, and that's what those people are exactly experiencing. It definitely. I, I, I we can we can go into that because I definitely agree in the school to prison pipeline because jails make jails and prisons make so much money off of these people, like millions. Especially in Texas, of all places, we have a lot of prisons. We have a lot of jails. They make a lot. They make a lot of money, and it bothers me. Okay, I'm gonna boost in this room because clearly something's happening down the street. <laughs> I'm like, all right, she's got the fire truck, the ambulances. All right, I'm good. Um, something is. Good. Yeah, I'm like, what's popping? But um, God, yeah, the, sorry, the water prison pi- the pipeline. So my stepmother, she's Canadian. And, you know, there's certain things about America that she may not know. And my dad and her were talking about the school to prison pipeline. And we're like, it's a real thing. You know, you have someone that will get in trouble. Whether, whether they did something or not, they get in trouble for something like you're saying, something minor. And they have a misdemeanor. Whether it's a class A, B, or C, it's a misdemeanor. And then they get picked up on some other stuff. And it's like, it just keeps adding up. Or let's say you only have one charge. It's a misdemeanor. And you have that charge. And, you know, you did this. You did. You were young. You did something stupid. You get out. They're like, hey, we're going to put you on parole. I mean, on probation. And you're like, okay, how long's probation? Your probation's three years. Fine. In that three years, you can't do nothing. You know? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, some probation, you can't even drink on probation. If they pull you randomly, you pop positive for alcohol, you can get arrested or get a fine. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't have a lot of money in the first place to be paying for probation, all this kind of stuff, that adds up. You got to pay probation fees monthly. Then you got to go check in with them when they tell you 
it makes it hard for jobs because you don't want to tell your job that you had this, you know, past experience. And they're like, hey, why did they always go randomly to, to somewhere? Like, that's kind of odd. And it, it, mm-hmm. it sucks for for jobs in the future of like, oh, what did you do to have this misdemeanor? You know, it's like, well, I was 22 and I was stupid. Well, you were still an adult. Why did this happen? And it's kind of sucks. It's just like a revolving door. You know, it's just like, you got to be careful. My dad always told, told that to me and my siblings, like, you got to be careful of what you do you know like you're driving hands on the wheel don't be sleep sling back music blaring like just be careful and be be you know be conscious and it's just like it's sad that our parents have to have these conversations with us still to this day everybody everybody that's black has had the black talk and it's sad that yeah we still have to have these with our kids i i used to be a teacher i had to get a talk to one of these kids they were understanding and i was like look you're 10 years old your your parents have been talking to you about this they're like no about what and I'm like okay damn like I'm gonna be the one to tell you because you're not understanding what's going on and why these people are being this way to you when you're doing nothing wrong at all and it hurt me to, to have to tell this other this, to this little black girl this you know I'll just like I hope I'm not wrong with what I'm saying but it's just like she needs to know it's not fair that mm-hmm. she's just being kind of left in the wind and her parents aren't preparing her for what could possibly happen of you've done nothing wrong and this person doesn't like your existence and that's why they're messing with you yeah absolutely literally you wake up today you didn't choose to be black but because you're black you're a target and it sucks it really does and you know sometimes i know it sounds weird to be like you ignore you forget it especially if you're in a uh, environment you know where it's just all your people a nice mm-hmm. moment you're like oh this is nice i like this this is chill and then you know reality hits we're like oh yeah we're not in this bubble anymore we exist in the real yep. world where there's other people and outside resources that are not really wanting the best interest you know like why is there a liquor store in every hood there's a liquor store and there's um also like, always like a, a payday advance place to, to set people back yep. i don't i don't like mm-hmm. stuff like that you know what i mean i mean the list goes on and on about how they're trying to push a narrative with people even movies too certain movies you know like certain black movies only get you know only a certain amount of black movies really get made a year right and i don't like that i don't like seeing a movie it's like okay here we go again we have the pimp we have the hoe we have the gang banger we have the drug addict the the ancient baby daddy or the the baby mamas on welfare i don't like this because that's not how we are all as a people you know what i mean we also have doctors and lawyers mm-hmm. and everything in between showcase that too you know what i mean humanize us let you know like let us flourish in light it feels like it's like a setback and i i don't right. I, don't, I don't appreciate that whatsoever no i definitely agree um i think like you said it, it it's it's literally the black experience um you know growing up like you said before, liquor stores, uh, payday event. It's it's like we are the blueprint for us as human beings is to continuously be behind. Uh, the way they re- they construct our neighborhoods, the way they construct our schools, like the way they gerrymander schools for us to go to. Um, the everything that they do is calculated for us to be set back, and uh, it, it's little. It I, I always say this. I hate to say this because. You know, you could change your own reality, but it's our reality. And the minute you change your reality, even if you do get yourself into a better circumstance, you have to worry still about now I'm amongst these same people that wanted me somewhere else. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And then they, they move, they move different too. I don't, mm-hmm. and it just sucks. It's like, we, we're still gonna have to deal with this, you know, like the next generation as well. And it's like, I feel like everybody kind of chips away at it a little bit, you know, it's like, okay. And they get, it's like, we're all just pushing the ball along to the next group of people that come in to be like, Hey, we did this for y'all. You got to make it better. And that's all we can do is keep on pushing and keep on striving to make it better for the next that comes behind us. You know, we can't be selfish and think, well, no one did it for me, so I'm not going to do it for nobody. It's like, no, be that change. Be the different person that can help others, you know? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's go back in these questions. Um, so what did you like the best about the movie and what did you like the least about it? Well, what I like the best, um, like I said a, a little bit earlier ago, um, the foreshadowing to me was huge. I think he, Jordan, like we said, is a genius. Um, I think he did a lot of telling us what was going on without fully throwing it in our faces. Um, and I think that to me is very important with a movie because I enjoy watching movies and then being able to watch it again and learning something new. And I feel like it does not matter how many times I watch Get Out or even us, I'm going to pick up on something new that I did not realize the time before. So that to me is where he, you know, is, is where the genius within jumped out. And, and that was the best part of, to me, finding something new each time and being able to be like, aha, I see, I see what you did there. Um, what I did not like, hmm, that's a great question. Well, I guess. If there's nothing, you can say nothing. I know I'm really I'm really trying to think if there was anything that I felt like I didn't resonate with or I felt like maybe you know could have been done better well I guess to be honest I don't I think I think he did a really good job of explaining the black experience simply uh simply put he just he he did he did a phenomenal job I don't think I found anything that I didn't like same I I liked it a lot like my I, I watched it multiple times I saw this in theaters two times or three times and then when it came out on dvd and at home i watched it like another time or two i was like grabbing the friends like y'all gotta watch this it's so good like uh you won't see what's coming it's a crazy twist like i really appreciate i really appreciate the film for what it was but yeah i don't think that i think the dialogue was good I think the actors that they chose were great i think the sets were good like everything had a purpose there wasn't something that was in the movie that didn't make sense later he explained everything needed to be explained I, I really I really appreciate I really appreciated it. Um and even, yeah. Even like the so the for me that last scene where you know they're fighting and clearly you want him to kill her. You're like, yeah, like everybody in the theater was cheering him on. They're like, Yeah, strangle her. She doesn't deserve it. Like I was <laughs> like, yo, y'all chill out, chill out, you know, y'all y'all too hype. Um mm-hmm. and then we see that the the flash of the red and blue lights and everybody's like it's a big audible sigh in the theater of like, no, he went through all this shit and he's about to go to jail. And she's smiling, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're like, ha ha ha, you're going to jail. Of course yep. you are. Look what happened, you know. And then to see his friend come out the car and he was like, I'm TS motherfucking A. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so <laughs> happy. I'm so happy. But I do like that he, like, you know, he was shingling her, and that's what she wanted, and she was like, he just, like, left her there to die, like, to bleed out. He was like, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve a quick, painful, mm-hmm. you deserve a yeah. long, strung out, painful experience from what you've done to all these people and everybody these souls that you just trapped in, you know, like, it, it, like, they're, like, they're lost and they're gone. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I kind of want to speak a little bit on that part, because there were a couple things I noticed. 
Um, you know, she she played the typical Karen move where they throw the fir- first stone and then expect the officer to be their savior. She just knew that them red and white, them red and blue lights meant she was going to be okay. Yeah. She knew that the officer would take her side. She knew that the, regardless of everything that was going on, the officer would think that she, that he was at fault. And that was a, a eye-opening moment, too, because we literally experience that here in America all the time. White women will do something and then literally say, I'm going to call the cops on you as a threat. Like, they're literally using the police as a threat to your life. That's scary. And I think even he was scared. Like, you can even see his, when he was strangling her, and then the he slowly stopped, and then the cop cars came up. He let out a a, a, a moment, like a sigh, like, oh, oh, shit, kind of sigh. Like, he knew he, he, he was snapped right back into reality. Like, damn it, I'm back where I started. Because that's how cops are towards us. You don't even as a victim, you don't feel like a victim once the police are at play. And 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 that was like a wow, like here we go again. Even the theater, like you said, was like, damn, he going to jail. Nobody even thought, oh, good, cops, he's going to be okay. And that's crazy to me that we don't get that experience. And then there was another moment. Um, what did, what did, oh, where the man, uh, where the black guy shot himself in the head. And I thought about that. I'm like, you know, there was a quote in uh, Black Panther where. Um, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. He, he said something about basically drowning yourself is better yeah, than he, being he had captive, said, um, captive. Throw, throw me in the in the ocean like my ancestors did when they were when they were uh, held by their captors. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so good. Yep. <sighs> Yeah, because he said bond because he said death yes, is better yes. than bondage or something like that. And that that literally clicked in my head again. Like this man don't even care that he's about to kill himself, his own conscience. But he would rather do that than live inside this body that is controlled by a white man or a white woman, whoever it is controlling him. Mm-hmm. Grandpa. So a white man. Like that that was powerful. I don't want to be if I can't be my true self, if I can't be who I am. Then I then you won't be here either. I don't want to be yeah. here. And you won't be here either. It, that was it, a bold it, it was, move. but it was definitely like I completely understand. And we don't know how long he's been stuck in that body. Yeah. You know, because like probably mm-hmm. know grandpa's been hopping from body to body to body. Let's say grandpa really has been living for two hundred years or some shit. You know what I mean? And it's just like how many mm-hmm. black men and women have y'all kidnapped? And I know that I don't think at the time that movie came out, um, the 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 tra- the human trafficking was a was like like headline news like that in particular with like the black woman in Houston getting snatched up, but it definitely ties into that. Yeah. a lot of black people are getting kidnapped in Houston, which Houston is actually a mm-hmm. uh, has like you know like the, the airplanes, like the ports as well too. It's easy to to um, kidnap people. I actually listened to um, Joe Rogan podcast the other day. And he had a guest on there, and the guy was talking about human trafficking. And the guy was like, "Well, how did like why isn't on the news? Why why isn't a big deal?" Because Joe was like, "You know, I the when El, the Ellen thing happened, people were like, oh, Ellen's so mean." He was like, "I saw like eighty articles about that, but the human trafficking thing." He's like, "I didn't see not one on these major news platforms. Why is that?" It's like, "Yo, why is it? These are children. Why are we not talking about these children, whether they're black, white, or whatever, being taken?" And these large quantities, that is wild. 
you know mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and it makes you wonder like what are they doing what like what are they doing with these women's bodies like what what's going on you know it, it's, it's, it's a it's very a very lucrative business because like I was I was going I was looking into it and human trafficking they make billions a year billions a year and you know you Absolutely. get more money depending on the age or the ethnicity or you know and it's just like oh it's like it's like a, it's like going into a grocery store it's just so disgusting to think that somewhere in the world right now this is occurring like an auction for 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 a cow or something it's just really crazy to me you know but I do like that some of these movies and shows are highlighting it whether it's a little bit or a lot I do like they're shedding light on like hey this is a big deal that more of us need to talk about because this is wild and crazy people are being kidnapped and taken from their homes and it's just getting something to the rug why someone needs to talk on that and explain why that is doesn't make any sense yeah absolutely and you know, it, it it relates back to those bingo sheets that they had when they were like auditioning or when they were auctioning him off. They had his picture up front. Yeah. Bingo sheets. And I'm like, they're trying to figure out what they're going to get from him. I'll, I'll get this. I'll get that. Like, that's what it makes me feel like. I know it's, it's different because literally it boils down to the subconscious going into the body. But with, with today, I feel like what's going on is they're probably doing bingo sheets where they're figuring out who's going to get what. I'm going to take her heart. She has a healthy heart. I need a heart. I'm going to take her lungs. I'm going to take her, you know, whatever, her eyes. Like, I really do feel like this trafficking, this is what Black people are experiencing when being trafficked. We're being trafficked for our organs, for our bodies, for our limbs. Do you realize whenever you go to the DMV, they, like, try to push on you to be a donor? Like, organs... And my yep, my, and my parents they said don't do that stuff because he, they're like you're on a list if you're if you're on that and some people will try to target you and I was like oh I was I wouldn't think about that you know and um in the film you know Chris's character he smokes and you know he he tries to hide the habit and the mom and dad keep telling him like stop and it's like uh-huh. you know you think they're just like oh you know we don't like it or you know it's bad for you it's in reality they're looking out for themselves if you're messing up my money right now you need to calm down. Exactly. Yeah, we, we, we need some body. good lungs. We don't need to have any problems. Now you're kind of damaged goods. I was gonna get eighty grand. Now I gotta get fifty because you're a smoker. You know. It didn't... I didn't even think about that oh, part really? of it. I didn't even. That didn't even cross my. Like I, it, it went over my head. I didn't even think about the fact that they were trying to stop him from smoking because they wanted a healthy body. That because remember the mom was so like, oh, I can, the, not the mom, the dad was like, oh, I can hypnotize. Uh, she can hypnotize you, and he was like, hypnotize, you know, yeah. like, uh, no, I'm good. It, it's cool. That's extra for no reason. And the mom was yeah. just like, okay, now I'm gonna force it on you because you're not listening and you keep on seeking to do it. Yeah. Now you, I know you're a lying person. And so, like, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's all these, like, mm-hmm. he layered this foreshadowing. And, like, the more you, like you said, the more times you watch it, the more you're like, oh, I see that. Oh, I see this. Like, the movie, yep. the movie for me that has, it has foreshadowing in it throughout, but you don't really notice until you watch the second, third, fifth, fourth, fifth time is Fight Club. Have you ever seen that movie Fight Club? Okay, I I've won't never seen it for Fight you Club. at all. But watch Fight Club. <laughs> yeah watch now it it's, it's also a book so it's a movie based on the book and the guy who wrote it was like this is exactly how I wanted it to come you know to a movie but when I watched Fight Club the first time I was like I didn't see the twist I was like damn that was so good so like now I want to rewatch it to see where I didn't you know what did I miss you know what I mean and 
it's so small, you know, and I, th- I feel like the director was like, I'm telling you what's happening, kind of, but I'm not telling you what's happening. You'll figure it out eventually. And, and to this day, I will watch it and I'll still find something little. I was like, oh, wait, that, that sign means this or that color represents this. And I'm like, oh, man, it's it's so good. It has, um what's his name? Edward Norton stars in it. Brad Pitt. Uh, what's her name? Helena something. The, the lady that plays, um, she's in Harry Potter for something, but. It, it, it's it's really good so if you get a chance watch that movie it's one of my favorite movies it's it's just so good at not giving it to you right away and then when you realize you're like oh i gotta go back and, and figure out what i missed but jordan peele has that that same appeal in his movies of like let me go back and run it again did i did i miss something or you know what's it what i do i gotta add things together right. and under, understand it but he i know he only has you know like technically like two films out but they're they're good content. Like he made two solid. If he stops making movies, he made two solid films that will be talked about for years to come, for decades to come. You know, and not every director gets that. Some directors only get like that one movie, and that's it. They never really hit a high point again. And he has two of them, so I think he he makes his movies kind of slowly. Like we probably won't get another movie from him until next year, the year after, and that's fine. Because I know, like, the content is so good and it's going to be well thought out. And he thinks about every scenario. Like, okay, if we do this, we got to think about, in reality, what would a Black person really, how would we really respond to that? You know what I mean? And that's why I like Little Rel's character. His character is really how we feel. Like, we, you know, the stereotypically, when a Black person watches the movie, you know, a scary movie, we're like, girl, don't go in there. What are you doing? Why are you listening to these people? And that was right. like, boy, what are you doing? This sounds stupid. Are you not thinking things through? Are you thinking with your penis and not your, not your head? Like, come on, man. You know, and then like, right. later on, you're like, why did you listen to your friend? He had your best interest at heart. He wasn't being a hater. You know, like, he really had your back from the beginning to the end. Literally, he was your savior. If your friend didn't come, what would have happened? <laughs> you know? No, seriously, because how would he have even exactly? How would he have? Yeah, but if he would have took their, if he would have took their car, I'm sure the cop would have been like, "Uh, I live here, and I know that no black man owns this car, or this license plate belongs to you know the husband and the wife." You know, that that definitely happens. The smaller the town is, the more people know the vehicles, and they'll be like, "Uh, this ain't your car. Who are you? Why are you? Why are you in my town?" You know, we only have three black families, and you're not one of those big part of those uh, families. So who are you? You just passing through? That's weird. You know, um, and then lastly, by the movie, mm-hmm. before we go on to the other one, us was there anything about this film? I know you said some of some things that I brought up. Was there anything about this film that you didn't understand? Um, I I, I always wonder where th- was there any significance in tea? Like why tea? Is it because ice? Well, it wasn't even iced tea; it was hot tea. So. I always wonder if there was any significance in that Um, because, you know, that's what hypnotized him and obviously the rest of the black people. Like what made them what made him choose that? Was there something that I'm missing or, you know, something that maybe I didn't pick up on, whatever it may be. So that's the only thing I feel like I didn't understand, per se. Or wondered was there some something some the only thing that thing I that think, I'm like, like maybe I dismiss it because in Jamaica we drink a lot of tea because like we were ruled by Britain at one point and I would attribute tea to to calm down to rest your nerves you know it's like let's say you're upset you know your mom's like come on yeah. so let's have a cup of tea and talk you know to calm you down and if I'm having a conversation the tea and me talking 
will, will calm you down and help you rest. And then if they put any kind of drugs in the tea, it'll be easy to mask it in the tea compared to, you know, something else. It's like, if I offer... If I offer you something so Other calmly drinks, and easily, yeah. then yeah. And also remember that spoon, that was her, um, I don't think you call them a, a, a totem, a token of like whenever you do a hypnotize, you hypnotize somebody, you need some kind of sound to get them to mm-hmm. you know, snap back to reality. Yeah. That was, that was the sound of, you know, like the, the click, the, the clinging of the glass, you know, that for her was like, that's how I get you into it. You know what I mean? Or that's how I get you out of it. She and she's a doctor of psychology. I think right. she's a doctor of psychology. So clearly that that's she's one of the reasons why they're able to do what they're doing because she needs to know the human mind in and out and why people do certain things, you know. Like they didn't lean into it with her with that, but I think because they're like, Oh, she does psychology, there's no need to lean into it. That means that she knows the human mind. So she knows how to talk to somebody to make them do what she needs them to do naturally, where you think it's your own idea. Like Inception, she's planting the idea and letting it grow. Though she's the one that's really controlling it and doing it. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That absolutely makes sense. And then even what you said about the tea, um, you know, it's it's a welcoming drink. Like, no one thinks, oh, you're doing, you're try, you're out to get me because we're drinking yeah, that's, that's the only thing so, that I yeah, can, yeah, make, yeah, I I can lo- make logic of it. And maybe it's something deeper than that, but I haven't read anything deeper than that or even saw an interview because I could be wrong and there's something completely completely different but that's how I'm going to interpret it so. see it could be something we find out later you never know oh, man. the beauty okay, of Jordan so Peele let's, uh, let's get into the <laughs> Us movie um, so Us came out what, out in what uh, 2019 2018 I, I think so it was either 2018 or 2019 well I know um, Get Out was 2017 yeah, so probably 2019 yeah. okay so First of all, I think you know everybody obviously did their role so good. Lapita was was amazing as this leading lady. Oh I like Winston at, at Winston Duke as, as her husband. I was like, I love this strong family unit. I, I really like it. Um, and even like the side characters, mm-hmm. like the friends. What's her name? Elizabeth Moss. I like I like her a lot. The girl that was in um, yep. the Invisible Man. She's a she is such a good actress. Like yeah, she is yeah, such yeah. a good she's actress. But um, let's get let's get into that. So, like overall, how are you feeling about the movie? I thought that movie was awesome. When I tell you, it took me for a roller coaster. Like the the from beginning to end, I feel like I was so like, what's gonna happen next? What's gonna happen next? Um, so it was like a roller coaster of emotions, you know. And then I think even when I got to the, there was so much there was so much confusion at the end. I mean, it, it, it at the very, very end, it, it's crazy because I feel like it leveled itself out close to the end. That made me be like, wow, I was totally wrong about this whole movie. Um, but then even the very, very ending, I still was like, I'm going to have to watch this again just to figure out what I missed because I missed <laughs> something. He did it again. He literally did it again where he created a movie where I know for a fact, if I don't watch it, over multiple times, I will I will never be able to pick up on everything. Very, he's very, so very, good. very correct. Um, like overall, when I first watched it, because to me I couldn't predict it. I couldn't predict everything. There were some things I was like, mm, "That's weird. What's this? Why are we not talking about that?" Did anybody else notice it? And when I talked to some friends about it, they didn't realize what I realized. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, "Oh, really? I thought that was kind of weird." But you know, I watch a lot of movies, so after a while, you have um. 
like a like a pattern. Everybody does the same kind of pattern, you know, like when you learn in English class about how, you know, like a climax mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff with the movie. And I feel like, yes, it follows that, but it's a little bit different. He's not making the same thing that you're seeing, so you can't predict fully. You may be able to predict the situation or something may come up later in the movie, but you can't predict the whole thing. So, like, the first thing for me right. was, okay, like, when the movie opens, and, like, you know, we see her at the the, the, the beach carnival, and, um, you know, she gets lost in her parents. First of all, that, to me, threw me off, because, let's be honest, I don't know about how your your mom was when you were a kid, but um, ain't no way I was going to be able to get away that far from my parents. But they be like, oh, where are you going? Come back here. Absolutely not. No, not Especially at all. Especially on a beach. No, no. So I was kind of yeah, like, right. mm, Jordan, it, nah, not, not these black families. <laughs> but, you know, she goes in that house, into that little fun house, and um, and I, I feel like, too, like, wouldn't you be scared of the child? Why are you going so far? But whatever. And she goes in that fun house, and we, we see her reflection, you know, turn around. It's like, whoa, what's that? You know? So, for me, I was already like, what? Yeah. Are we going to elaborate right now? And it cuts to, like, present day. I was like, okay. I'm going to remember that for later. Because that was odd. So for me, that was the first thing. And then um, when the husband, he was like, oh, we're going to go to the the beach in your family house. She was like, I don't want to go to the family house. And he was like, why are you being like, he kept pushing it. It's kind of like, he was kind of ignorant too as a husband. He was not listening to these, mul- like the multiple times that she was saying that she wanted to do something. He wasn't even like, oh, well, why not? You know, like what he just kept pushing. Like, come on, it's a fan. Let's go. Let's just go. And she's like, fine. Like, whatever. I'll you broke me down, I'll do it, you know? So I was just like, why is she so apprehensive going to her family house? Did, like, someone just die and the memories are too strong for her? But they didn't say that. And then, you know, when when the sun, when they're at the beach and the sun disappeared for, like, barely a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. Barely a minute. And he is not like he's, like, five. He's, like, maybe, like, what, 10, 11? Yeah, I think so. In that early preteen stage. Yeah, old enough where he can go to the bathroom by himself, right? right. So I think it's why he even said, I'm going to the bathroom or something. So it's like, okay, bye, like, whatever. And the mom freaks out. I'm like, girl, just go to the bathroom first. Like, why are you <laughs> freaking out, you know? So that's, you know, it's like, okay, something's going on with her. I don't know if it's like, maybe she got lost as a child or she's just really scared about kidnapping, you know? When she found him, she was young and like, why would you do that? And he was like, why are you freaking out? Like, I'm good. Like, chill out. Like, right. Cool. And then the other thing, like before, you know, everything like kind of hits the head was, and they don't talk about it at, at all until like later in the movie. It was when they're all, they all got uh, food from some fast food restaurant. They're all eating cheeseburger and fries, but the mom's eating strawberries and vegetables or whatever. And she's, so I'm like, why? I was like, oh, so she's a vegetarian or a vegan? Cool. And I thought maybe they're doing that because, you know, the year it is there are people that are vegans and vegetarians let's, let's make like normalize that and put it in the movies but i was like there's a reason why so they have to explain this later i don't think it's just a it's a horror movie there's a reason why they're showing that they're eating different things right you know? so what, what what was your your thought about about those couple of foreshadowing what did, did you think it was different or odd or did it kind of like you weren't thinking about it until later I actually did not even pick up on the fruit thing until you just said that. Um, everything else, yes. I was like, what the heck? So I'm going to dive into those a little bit here. But 
Um, even with the food thing, when I was first watching it, I really just didn't think anything of it. I was like, maybe she's just not as hungry as they are, or maybe, you know, she's just trying to be healthy or, you know, I mean, as women, we sometimes naturally women will be like, Oh gosh, you know, I just need to tone it down some, not eat too crazy. Blah, blah, blah. So that was my thought process, you know, upon watching it now with the, with the first thing happening where her kid like ran off or where she ran off, I'm sorry. And then, you know, her tether twirled around and, and that whole scene that I did think that she had some kind of scarring from her past. And that's what created her son. That's what made her, her situation with her son so drastic. I did think that like my first thought was, Oh, you know, that triggered her. Um, from what she experienced as a pat in the past from running off as a kid herself she didn't want you know anything to co- to happen with her son so I did think that when that happened um which obviously I still was in kinda incorrect um but I get with the with the whole food it's crazy because Jordan will put so many details in there that are that you need to pay attention to because they're very important but at from from the normal naked eye you just don't you know you just naturally don't think anything of it and that's what it was for me with the whole fruit scene I think because I always like go back and forth between like I'm gonna be vegetarian pescatarian blah 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 so I guess I picked up on that of like oh okay like she changed her diet for whatever reason or this is her natural diet but it just like why are we how and, and no one talked about it so I was like mm. and I didn't I didn't connect it until not connected but it made it more sense when we when um red her tether was like I had to eat raw rabbit I was like that's why she's eating meat she has she's so terrified of it from being scarred as a kid having to eat raw rabbit meat instead of eating you know eating that she's having a raw diet so I guess she's a vegan not a vegetarian she's eating raw fruit you know and I was like okay okay this this makes a little bit more sense um Oh, then also, did you peep like you know, like the Jeremiah? I'm I'm pretty sure you did because it was kind of apparent the Jeremiah eleven eleven like throughout the whole movie. Yes, yes. Okay, so I'm not I'm not like a Bible person like that. Like I did, I wasn't I was a kid, but I don't remember anymore as an adult. So I don't know what that says. I think obviously someone who knows the Bible they'll be like, oh, Jeremiah eleven eleven means da 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 da. So, do you know what Jeremiah eleven eleven is? Yeah, I don't know it like verbatim, but I know it's something along the lines of like bringing evil upon those um, and, 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 and they not being able to escape it. But I can't remember verbatim what it means, but I know even just that part there made me be like, what the heck is going on here? Because I do know it means bringing evil upon people that they won't be able to escape. Yes, yeah. Like when I first saw it, I was like, I think it means something, and I, I was like, it also could just be like a homeless man with a sign, because like a lot of homeless people that, um, you know, how their signs usually put a type of biblical quote on there. But I was like, why are we seeing it so many times, like throughout the movie, whether it's like on a clock or um, we see like a, a date of some kind? I'm like, it, it has to, it's, it's showing it over and over again for a reason for us to look into it, or if we're if we know the Bible like that, to be like, oh, that means this. Now, now we're even more more tuned in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think with those subtle things and, and I mean, like you said, you're not very accustomed to the Bible, which um, so obviously you wouldn't know exactly. But that was one of the things that I kept seeing. And I was like, yeah, something's off about this movie or there's something I'm missing. And it wasn't until the end that I really was able to put that particular um, foreshadowing together. 
Yeah. Um, so okay, let's cut to that night after they you know had their beach and their beach mm-hmm. day and all that stuff where they're like they're just chilling in the house and you know, they get the uh the son's like, uh, dad, there's someone outside. He's like, What's there's somebody outside? He's like, I don't know, there's like some man outside. That interaction, like just just for a moment, I, I like Winston Duke, but his his tone of voice throughout the movie and I I think it's on purpose to make him, you know, I think it's to be digestible by a white audience of he's not a stereotypical black man and how he talks or, you know, a, a what they're assuming a black man is like of, you know, black men don't talk like this. They, they don't dress like this. They don't articulate themselves. You know what I mean? So I think it was on purpose. Mm-hmm. And um, so when he came outside and he was like, you know, you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. And I was, it was funny, but I was like, yeah. Uh, okay Winston uh, <laughs> right what is what is this but um what did, what did you think about about the tethers you know like what like when you first saw them on screen because I know we saw them in the trailer but when you first saw them on screen like up close and personal what were your first thoughts like when they come in that house and they're just sitting on the couch eye to eye what were you thinking girl my first thought was these people is crazy as hell where did they come from what are they doing? Why are they here? Like, is their goal to kill them? I had so many questions going on. Like, are they just trying to kill them? Are they, like, what exactly is their purpose? I couldn't, I guess for me, I was still trying to understand the movie. So I was so confused as to why these people that look like them were literally out to get them. Like, who who attempts to kill themselves? That was my thought. Like, I, yeah. I just didn't understand. So I was so confused by that that whole part it was, and then it was, even the way they spoke you know yeah or or lack of speaking yeah because <laughs> for other words i think the daughter's tether and the son's tether they didn't talk then the father his tether would more so grunt and he's trying like he's trying yep. to talk so i don't know if it's the same thing for you but for me when they when they first show the, the dad and they're sitting they're mirroring each other, like they're doing the exact same stuff like if he scratches his head, so does he. And I was like, uh, is he copying him on purpose, trying to learn his mannerisms? Right. Or like, what is this? And I'm like, you know, I know what a doppelganger is. So I'm like, like, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to put it in. I'm like, what does this mean? You know, and it's, it's too early to know, you know. So it was just like, okay, like, what's about to happen, you know? And the woman, and I think uh, Red's character was basically like, you know, you took something from me, you know what I mean? And she tells, she tells the story of, uh, she, Adelaide's doppelganger tells the story of the prince and the shadow and their relationship. And we realize, you know, that's, you know, the story of the two of them. And it's, it's mm-hmm. very sad too that they, they pair with the visual and it's very sad of like, oh, wow, this girl didn't get to be herself. You know what I mean? She didn't get a choice. And she was like, you know, she had to lay with a man that she did not love, you know, get, marry a man she didn't love or care about have to have babies when she didn't want to have it was like you know at that time you know so it's like she doesn't get her own happiness her destiny is is chosen for her and she doesn't get to say so and she's sitting there like this is just so unfair that this is not supposed to be my life but do we are we supposed to feel bad for red or feel bad for adelaide because either way it still would have been a little girl going through all that it's just it's just a matter of which one would have had to do it It's, it's not fair at all that they had to go through that right but, um, what was I gonna say? Sorry, I got th- I got thrown off. No, you're so, fine. Okay, I want to talk about this scene because like I thought the scene was kind of crazy to me. <laughs> uh, the scene where the the the, the white couple that's married 
and they had the, the two daughters. That scene where uh, <laughs> they're just like dancing and drinking in the house, and like all of a sudden, like the daughters' doppelgangers pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, like, that was it. Was just such a like to like we. I was in theater like, oh my god, like oh my, oh we getting hot in here. We get we can get to it <laughs> quick. Oh okay. You know, like that all scene happened like really quick and crazy. Her so fast, so fast. You know what I mean? Her doppelganger like clearly had a vendetta against her because she just <laughs> she was so savage. She was just so savage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to like kind of lean into the son and his doppelganger. You know, his doppelganger is a, is a pyromaniac and you know likes to play with fire. Clearly, not the best way because he burned himself multiple times. Right. But, um. I thought that that was weird too. And in that moment, as well as like later on in the movie, because what the son does of killing his doppelganger, the way that he realized, oh, you know, you mirror every single thing I do. You know what I mean? You're trying to cause harm to my mother. And he just walks slowly backwards, you know? And it's sad that that little boy had to pass, but like it, it is what it is. And I'm going to jump to the end of the movie only because I'm talking about the son. When they're, You're fine. When they're in the car driving... And the son looks at her and he looks at him and I forgot what they say in general, but it's kind of like either they're accepting that they're typically not supposed to be together or he just kind of like questioning like, you know, who are, who are you really? Like, who's this woman I've been with my whole life? You know, kind, mm-hmm. kind of thing. It, it, it was just, it was just so weird to me. And I had read something that said that, um, oh what happened is they switch place him and that boy they switch places in reality he's a doppelganger and the other boy's not and i'm like well that wouldn't make sense because the boy doesn't talk and he has burns on his body so how would they be able to switch places and no one know about it right like theories and all that but you got to make the theories make sense you know yeah no absolutely no not at all but what do you like what do you what do you think the moral of the story or the point of this of, of of this movie is that things are always what they appear to be um i think with because what we found out late into the movie is that the woman who is um Adelaide am i saying her name right i can't even uh, say it. Adelaide um, Adelaide yeah she she's not even the real her the red the the lady red is actual the real actually the real her and I think you know sometimes you go through the motions of life and don't even realize that uh, things are not what they appear to be so I think that's kind of what we were supposed to take from the movie that um everything isn't what like what's in front of you isn't necessarily the truth just because you see it with your own eyes, just because it's all you've ever known, doesn't mean that that's the truth. Definitely, I, that's what I took from it, at least. Now, also, like I know, I know that uh, I was doppelganger. Well, you're, you're, they look like your twin, but to me, as a parent, you know your child. Like if you have twins, you know the difference between your identical twins, no matter what, because you're the parent. So, what threw me off is when we find out, obviously, they switch places, and you know it is what it is. When the mom took her to all these therapists, because she's like, she's not talking. You know, I was just like, you don't know your daughter. You know, you would think something happened or whatever. But, you know, we, we realized later, like, she couldn't talk. And she couldn't do all these certain things because she's not used to it and hasn't been able to do it before. So she was actually learning and mimicking, which, you know, you know, people who mimic emotions that they don't have is psychopaths. You know, which I guess both these movies have in common are people who are crazy 
to put on a front to appear normal. Like, and, and mm-hmm. get out, it's Rose. Rose is a, is a psychopath pretending to be normal. And this movie is Adelaide to the psychopath pretending to be normal. And I think we're supposed to, ha- Red's supposed to be the uh, antagonist in this movie because we're like, oh, she's evil. She's trying to go against the family. And it's like, no, she was wronged. Like, this shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. It's not her fault. Like, you know, that, that this happened. She didn't put her in this place. You know, I'm not the one that put you on the ground over here. Somebody else did. Why are you coming and attacking me? If anything, just y'all should try to break free in general and get out and just, you know, exist in the world. You know, teach everybody how to talk and assimilate to culture and keep it and keep it pushing, which I kind of wish it was more like on that side. But I, I, I did like this because it was a vendetta movie. It's like, I have an issue with you because you wrongfully took my place. You know, it's just like, Yes, it sucks in society if, you know, you were born in poverty and there's somebody else who was born with a super spoon in their mouth and they don't really appreciate what they have, you know, and you're like, I would do anything for that. And they don't really realize how good they have. I think that's kind of another thing who's kind of leaning into, too, is like, be grateful for the situation that you're in because it could be worse. Be worse. Yeah. You know, which that, that's why Adelaide was so scared of going back she's like man i haven't been back to that beach since that night and if i go back i'm scared that i may not come home like that was we didn't realize it till later but clearly that was the issue of like man i don't i don't want to have to go back to that place i don't want to have to be raw rabbit again i don't want to have to be underground like yeah that was a bad she'll tap in she it's gonna she's been able to suppress what happened to her and and those emotions and what she experienced because she wasn't in that area any longer and ha- didn't have to be around that, didn't have to experience it. And I think being back there made her be like, oh my God, you know, she, that's why she didn't want to go. Yeah. Um, because she's going to have to, she was going to have to remember her past. Yep. Yep. So in the future, like for, um, like for Jordan Pill, like, what do you, what do you think his next movie will be? Do you think it's going to be a horror movie kind of like a society horror movie or do you think he may lean into something else or kind of stick to this genre that he's created you know i love i love the genre that he's in of like a horror because let's be honest this life is a horror movie for black people even if you haven't personally been victimized you know someone who knows someone so we are constantly living living in america as a black person is like daily experiencing horror so i mean i love the 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 avenue he's going down i hope he sticks with it and i hope his next you know uh film you know talks about our experience so i love that i I mean i want him to stick with the whole black narrative i want him to talk about our experiences of not only being black and facing what we're facing but also facing regular things that normal americans face while on top of everything else we have to deal with like Let's be honest, you know, we already have the stress of COVID, the stress of, you know, this whole pandemic going on. We have the stress of the elections. We have the stress of this. We have the stress that every other American feels, but then you you want to dump that on top of the stress of being a Black person. Yeah. So I would love to see if he could kind of do something with that. Um, I, I mean, play around with that somehow. I don't know how particularly, but I, I love the, the, the avenue, he, the path he's he's paid for himself because I feel like one, he's the only one that's taken this route. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love for him to continue to do that. 
Um, and then just make it even more realistic. Like, what are we experiencing right now? This is what we're experiencing as Black people. Let's talk about it type of thing. Definitely. I I mean, I, I know in us, it wasn't really a race thing, you know, which is good so that I feel like right. every... So no one could be like, oh, he's only pushing a Black narrative. It's like, he's like, okay, fine. I'll give you a movie that's not a Black narrative. You know, I can have versatility. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, he has produced and written for so many things, not just for himself. You know, like when he and mm-hmm. Keegan had that show, Key and Peel, they wrote a lot of that content themselves. And that's amazing. They did all that. They did all that themselves. You know what I mean? They then they got the credit for it, you know. But a friend of mine, she said that she doesn't think that Get Out is a horror movie. I said, yes, it is. It's a horror for the black, for the for a black person. You know what I mean? That's something yeah, that absolutely. we're worried about. Like, you're kind of getting pushed back into like, what would you do? That fight or flight thing of how would you react to it? You know, I don't know if you've seen... um antebellum have you seen that movie yet no i, I love i'm not a huge horror person i mean don't get me wrong i love jordan peele films and i've watched um certain others like your old school freddies and stuff but i'm not a huge horror person so i haven't seen that yet okay it's it, antebellum is, is, is similar it's a horror but it's a horror for the black person and i won't oh. i won't ruin it for you but um, I, I watched it when it came out and it definitely, it, it's from, so, because they kept marketing as they opened the producers of Get Out and Us. So if you, everybody kept thinking that Jordan Peele produced this film or had a hand in it and he didn't. So it has that Jordan Peele-esque vibe to it, but not the same execution. Like it's, it wasn't as concise as how he, how he does his films, but overall, you know, it was, it was still pretty decent. But, you know, I, I like these quote unquote black horror films that are pushing the black narrative you know I, I i like and they're making us heroes as well too like we're seeing the good light compared to i know you're not into horror movies but like you know thrillers like let's say scream or i know what you did last summer mm-hmm. uh, yeah he was in i think i know what you did last summer her and makai pfeiffer right they're, they're yeah and girlfriend and brandy survived that was a big deal in the night that that her character lived because it's stereotypical that we always get killed first or second you know and she actually survives like when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, I like this. You know, I, I, it made me really happy because she was smart in her decisions, you know. Even tell her friend, like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to do, you know, these dumb things? Like, be more conscious of what you're doing, you know. She had that token Negro, that magical Negro friend that was like, let me help you. You're making these bad decisions, you know what I mean? And I just like that they let her character survive, you know. So, like, I feel like Black horror or Black thriller is changing over the past few decades, especially, you know, like, when they first came out with more, like, black exploitation films, you know what I mean? Where we weren't necessarily seeing mm-hmm. a good light. We're kind of made, like, the evil person or the villain. And now we're seeing mm-hmm. more of, like, the hero or we have these very smart ideas in the film. Or it's or it's like a, like, what's it called? Bad Hair came out, like, last week on Hulu. And yeah. that is, it's, it's a horror, but it's not scary like that, you know? But it it's like the horrors of um, of of, uh, of hair, basically. You know, like the horrors of uh, extensions. You're like, oh, the hair has a, a soul and it speaks to you. I I liked that that they kind of dive into the history of us as a people, into in it a bit of like mm-hmm. there was like a natural woman there and she was like, why y'all wear these dead people's hair? You know, I don't I don't understand y'all taking these little girls' hair from India and no shade anybody that you know wears European hair or whatever. I don't care. That's that's your business, but. I like that right. they highlighted it because it's a, like my dad would do that to me. He was like, when I was younger and I would wear, you know, like 
wet and wavy or Brazilian. He's like, why are you wearing that? Like, your natural hair is beautiful. Why are you letting these European styles influence you? And I'm like, I'm not looking at it like that. I just, you know, just wanted to switch my hair. Yeah, you know, but like my dad, very Afrocentric and pro-Black. So like, he's very conscious. He's just like, it's not like that. Like my, I'm not going to say my full name, but my full name is very African. Okay. On purpose. My name means purpose. My name Mia comes from the holiday Kwanzaa. And my right. parents, they gave all, all of us children very Afrocentric names on purpose. Like, when someone sees your name, they know who you are, where you come from. So, a question of, oh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, she's like this or she's like that. And I, and I like it. I don't want to change my name. And when someone says my name incorrectly, I'm like, no, you will respect me and say my name correctly. You could say some German person's name, like, or, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You could say that without a uh, fail. You can say my name and not have a problem. Not, oh, is it Naya? Is it Mia? Is it Nina? No, it's not. Stop right. extra. <laughs> Three letters, two syllables. Get it right. You know, like, don't disrespect me like that. You know, I don't I don't like that. Or, like, they'll try to, like, undermine. I'm like, oh, at least you don't have a ghetto girl name. I'm like, what's a ghetto girl name? Please enlighten me. Because I know girls from the ghetto named right. Ashley and Brianna. So, like, why does it matter? <laughs> you know? But. No, absolutely. Yeah. Have you uh, seen his Twilight Zone? The new Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele? No, what is that it's on? It's on uh, CBS. Girl, I'm writing all this down. You done told me Annabellum. You done told <laughs> me, um, what was the first one? Hold on, I wrote it oh, in my Fight Club. Thing. Yep, Fight Club. Yeah, girl, like, I, I, and I, now... I, got, I got the hookup for movies. Just, just let me know, like, oh, I want to I wanna watch, insert genre here. I'm like, oh, I got you. Cause, oh, girl, Yeah, what? I'm a movie plug, for real, for real, like. I got, I got so fan. many, and my my brothers. You know what? Write down this movie called Perfume. Perfume. Yeah. And what's that on? I don't know what it's on because I my brother told me about it years ago, and he gave me the he he was so adamant about me watching it. He had it on DVD. He's like, "Nia, watch this right now. It is so good. I need to talk <laughs> to somebody about it." And Perfumes about it takes place like like way 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 back in the day, and um, it's about this guy who has a, a gift of amazing scent, like. He could smell a soup and tell you everything that you put in that soup, you know? Oh, wow. Um, and so he wants to be, I forgot the word for it, um, but he wants to be someone who makes perfume. And they, and they actually kind of dive a little bit into what ta- like what makes a perfume. Like, and I actually looked it up, and it's, actu- it's accurate information. They dive into a little bit of what, oh, wow, there's a Netflix show about this. Okay, now I'm about to watch a Netflix show. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Um, the Netflix show now called Perfume, but it's about the same thing. But, um, oh, yeah, it came out in 2006. Perfume, the story of a murderer. Um, so the synopsis is John Baptiste has brought up a superior sense uh, for smell that creates the world's finest perfume. His work, however, takes a dark turn as he searches for the ultimate scent. So the guy that he's apprenticing under, who's played by Dustin Hoffman, basically tells him, like, oh, this is how you make a perfume. It's basically 12 key ingredients with one special ingredient to make whatever scent you want. And the guy's like, oh, okay. So, like, could I capture the scent of a human? And he was like, uh, no, technically, because you have to take it and wrap it in a certain kind of way of, of putting this chemical on it to get the, to extract the scent. And you can't do that with a human. And that's the guy mm-hmm. makes his goal was how do I make the scent of a human and bottle that? Right. And he actually does it. Oh. And he becomes, and I'll, I'll stop, I'll stop at about, in about a second, but like he's able to do it. And it's like the best smell. Everybody loves it. Everybody's buying it like crazy. And 
and it it, it it takes a dark turn if you ever watched harry potter the guy that played um professor snape he's in it too alan rickman um oh bro, yeah it is, I love it is such a good movie like i'm so glad my brother told me oh it's on prime there you go it's on prime right now if you have prime boom i got okay prime. Like, if you don't I'll give you my signing it's like that good of a movie but um <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 a good watch. But yeah, I always be suggesting movies for people. Um, and my dad too. He's like, "What should I watch on Netflix?" And I'm like, "I'll just add it to your queue, Dad, and you can just go down the list and and tell me what you think about, about these movies." Girl, I'm gonna visit these movies, and then I'm gonna make sure I continuously reach out. Like, hey, girl, you got something for this? Yes, and this because you have the plugs. You are the movie yeah. plug for sure. I, I like I got into movies because of my father and like um. I, I had a friend and like alternative black girl so she she's a movie person too and she would tell me she's like oh did you hear about this indie film I'm like girl no like what is it she's like oh okay let's watch it together I haven't seen it either and so she's like my movie buddy so we watch like a lot of weird quirky b-rated movies that are like low-key so good and we're like we wish it was more popular you know but it's not but it's it's whatever so there's a lot of good indie films or b-rated films that you can watch it like it's just, they're just like not popular movies for, for whatever reason you know but they're just so good um but going back to the twilight zone so i don't know if you know but the twilight zone originally came out in, like with the 50s or the 60s and it was like originally in black and white and i used to watch those as a kid and they would actually like terrify me you know, like i was actually scared of these episodes mm-hmm. and then jordan peele he he started i think it was like last year or the year before, and they he revamped the Twilight Zone. Now the first season, I was kind of like, ah, these are okay. And every every episode it got better. But season two, oh man, season two is really good. I I say like every episode is good. There was not a bad one. It, it's similar to Black Mirror. If you've seen Black Mirror, yes, it's an anthology series. It's just like that. It's like Black Mirror is a unique anthology series. But that that premise of an anthology series that comes from the Twilight Zone. Like they're the originators of like we're gonna have a different episode that doesn't connect every episode, you know? Yeah, which I'm not... I love Black Mirror, so I'm not opposed to that type of... that that genre of of shows and movies. Yeah, it's not, not like, scary. It's kind of more like it makes you think... There's an episode of Sanaya Latham's in one of the episodes, and I was like, ooh, Ooh, Sanaya Latham. Right. Yeah, I hit play so quick, and her episode's really good, too. It it deals with, um... not, not, Not time, reversal of time she realizes that she can rewind time and it actually ties into um social injustices you know of Wait, what did you say this was called again? huh what did you say this was called again the twilight zone i think twilight her zone. i think her episode is the first season um, is this on netflix it's on cbs all access you can do it if you don't okay have- so i should be able to yeah if you it. if you need to there you can do a free trial first i think it's like for like a week and then, yeah, it's, she's, yeah, you can do a free trial for a week. Yeah, her episode is in season one, episode three. It's called Replay. And it's um, a woman sets out to prevent a racist day trooper from killing her son by using a camcorder with the power to turn back time. Nice. I have Spectrum, so I should have CBS. Um, but I'm going a, I'm to a check into that because I would love to see that. Yeah, it's it's good. It, it it's really good. They even have what's her name from? She's got to have the TV show. Oh, Dewanda Wise. She's an episode yeah. two, and I I like I like her a lot. So I saw her. I hit play quick as well. I was like, okay, y'all got a lot of these really good actors. And then that girl that plays Charles Gambino's girlfriend, um, in Atlanta, Dazzy Beats. 
She's an uh-huh. episode too. So late, he got some really good heavy hitters. So I really, I really appreciate it. I'll probably now after talking, I'll probably rewatch all this again because I haven't, I haven't seen seen uh seen the show in a, in a minute. So I probably want to revisit it again. But yeah, I'm gonna have to watch because it sounds good. I love a good series, a good movie, good anything. I just. I love that. I, I wouldn't say I'm as deep in as you, obviously, because I skip some genres and, you know, but I, I love watching movies and I love watching TV series. Yeah, and everybody has their, their thing. Like, I was highlighting horrors and thrillers because obviously, like, spooky season. And I think someone was like, are you going to do scary movies? I was like, no, I have some that aren't scary. You know, like, I did Cuties versus 13. I'm like, that, that's not a scary movie whatsoever. Those are more like coming of age stories for, for little girls and women. But um, I, I will definitely touch on every type of genre, everything in between. These big blockbuster movies, these like low-key movies nobody cares about, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be tapping into a lot of different stuff. Like, I'm about to do one, um, actually with your friend, uh, Avion. Uh, oh, for, yeah! For, for, uh, I told him heist movies. I was like, you know, what's your favorite heist movie? And I sent him a couple that I liked, and he he never heard of them. I'm like, you never heard of these? I was like, you gotta do your homework, man. These are classic. He is so out of the loop. He is so out of the loop. I assume, because, you know, he's an actor. I assume that he knew the movie. Right. And he was like, no. I'm like, okay, well, you should watch them anyway. I'm telling you what you think. And, you know, you pick your favorite heist movies. I'll pick my favorite. And we'll just talk about everything in between. Because I love a good heist movie. It just It's like so much adrenaline and action packed. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, I, absolutely. I love, those. I love them so, Me so too. much. So so much. Did you watch Money Heist by chance? The TV the show? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's it's dubbed over, right? No, it's it's either dubbed over or subtitled. I started It is it. dubbed over. Okay, it's kinda like three percent of the dub over. Cause yeah, it's a it's a Brazilian show, right? Yeah. Okay, I started watching it and I did I didn't finish, I did not get deep into it, but I literally was only gonna watch it because it was about it was a heist movie and I was like, or yeah. show, and I was like, Okay, I wanna see and then I, you know, because it's not American, I'm like, okay, I'm more intrigued because right. foreign shows and foreign movies are so much They're better. So good. Yes. yes. They have better dialogue, better content. And I'm like, man, why is the mop not more popular? It's so good. But yeah, I'll definitely mm-hmm. I'll do my homework myself and I'll watch I'll I'll watch that that the heist, uh that money heist because it's, it's still in my queue. I just haven't finished it. I'm I'm actually watching the blacklist right now. Oh my god, that is so good! Do not ruin it. So Don't ruin it for me. I'm not okay. I am not. I'm. Early. I will not. I'm early in it because me, and my love that. Loved it. it. Okay, that's like our TV show, and so um, I was like, "Do you know they're on, they're on season eight on TV?" He was like, "Wait, there's eight seasons." I'm like, "Well, there's seven now, and eight like just started. I think in September, and I was like, yep. we have so much ground to cover, and we're only on season two right now." And oh, girl. Yes. I because we only watch it when we both have free time, you know. So and we had to watch yeah, it together because I was like, "Don't you watch it without me? I'm gonna know." I can right, you, <laughs> that's you know? the golden rule. That, yes, I was like, "If you watch it, I'll be so mad." But I love, I love Blacklist. Like I love the character uh, Reddington. I think, oh man, I just love how much of a smart ass he is. I just, mm-hmm. I don't like Keen though. Keen, she keeps annoying the hell out of me. I'm like, girl, I want to slap you if you just. Oh, just sit, just sit down somewhere, man. Like you keep messing stuff up, you know. You keep telling us to do something, then you do it, and then there's a problem. You got to come fix it. Like, also, it, it okay. In my mind, it don't please don't you don't have to answer. Please don't answer. In my mind, in my boyfriend's mind, they're they're their father and daughter. It just to us. <laughs> it was like it just it leans to it hints too much at it. Kind of like it's smacking us in the face. I'm like, is this her daughter? His daughter? 
and he just want to tell her that that's his daughter. I'm I'm confused. <laughs> you don't have to worry about me. I'm actually very good at keeping stuff, whether it's the truth or not the truth. I'm very good at not telling people anything about anything. Okay, when I'm on call, I'm on call. I'm like, okay, girl, let me unpack. Yes, please. Seven call me seasons, because so like I'm so and I'm so tired of Asian Kessler getting shot or I'm like, yo, can y'all just leave him alone? girl please like i feel bad for him like he gets shot one episode he has a cane and then like he's fine and then next thing he gets stabbed i'm like something ha- yep i'm like boy just back quit. to back to back just quit he ain't punching bag yeah just t- turn your badge in i'm over here your fiance got killed i'm like turn, turn your badge in i i feel bad for you you know but yeah it's just too much it is but it, it is a good show i i wish i would have got into it earlier on because i wanted to i just never had the time and now i'm like seven seasons in my mind right now so i can start on season eight but i know i can't because there's so much content in between but i'm definitely gonna watch it <laughs> i haven't even started season eight yet but that's because i like to binge so mm-hmm. i'm gonna let it go and then i'm gonna watch it when it's done same I, i'm a binger too like i got you know the show p valley yeah okay so yes. my my homegirl nisha hey nisha um <laughs> she was like girl you need to stop what you're doing right now and watch p valley i said where oh okay i saw the trailer she's like girl right now and i it was like episode five or four at the time and i watched them all one day and i texted her i said okay i'm hella intrigued this is a good show i like that the dialogue seems authentic i love the accents that there it's a mix of a lot of the deep southern accents you know mississippi at uh alabama georgia i, I like all of that you know and I like the I like the character. They do a good job. Um, yeah. I don't know the girl's name. Oh man, I wish I knew her name. But she, she's uh she's dark skinned, looks like a little Barbie. She's so pretty. She's the the white husband. Uh, Mercedes. No, not Mercedes. Mercedes is pretty too. But she has a husband. Her white. She has a white husband in the show. Oh, you're talking about um. Oh, oh god. Oh my god. Mississippi. Yes. Yep. Oh, I like her a lot, and I think she was in the, sh- the shower. She was in power, and I was like, oh my, she just looks like a little Barbie. I'm like. She's so gorgeous. I was like, you are so pretty. I love your little accent. You're so she's such a good actress. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. She kind of reminds me of uh Tika Sutner. They kind of they kind of yes, I can other. see that. Because of course I can absolutely for see a that. second I thought that was her. I was like, is that Tika Sumter? And then I was like, that's not her. They they look a little bit different. I looked up, I'm like, oh, that's not Tika Sumter. Okay, cool. But yeah, I, I really like that show. And I'm like, I hope everybody gets, you know, some deals off of that, off that show. And I'm ready for season two. Because mm-hmm. HBO is pushing out, all, HBO and Showtime, they're pushing out all these really, really good content of shows, you know? And I'm like, man, this has so much stuff to go through, but I appreciate it. I'll take it all. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I definitely agree. Um, I just love watching shows, love watching movies. So um, for me, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, girl, we hit, we hit uh, almost two hours. So, you know, it, you get lost in, in the sauce, you know, it's just it's right. Funny, so it flowed very organically. So I appreciate that. But, you know, I know people are going to want to reach out to you and, and see if they can get you on some socials. So anything you need to promote or push. I know you do that, that Apple playlist that, you know, we appreciate you drop this new music Fridays. You know, I, I feel like I'm in tune. I follow you on Apple. because I'm like, OK, she knows what's going on. Um, but yeah, go ahead and plug your socials, please. Yes, so I do do um, New Music Friday, so you guys can find me on 
um, Instagram at Marcia Rain. That's M A R C I A R A I N E. You can find me on Twitter at It's La Cienega. Uh, I've had to create a hundred different Twitter accounts. I got banned, <laughs> so that's why that's my name. Um, and also on Apple Music under my first and last name, Marcia Bacchus, last name B A C C H U S. Um, and yes, I do do new music Fridays every Friday. Um, so if you like music but don't have the time to figure out what's new and up and coming, please follow me. Um, also, I do want to do one more shout. Um, there is an artist. He moved from North Carolina to Austin, so he's new out here. Um, his name is Quez on uh, Apple Music and Spotify. He's really, really awesome, up and coming. Um, so if when you're peeping through my playlist, make sure you check him out. How as do well. you spell Quez? Is it Q U E Z or? Yes, Q U E Z. Okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm look that up too. See what kind of music is he? He's like R and B. He's R and B. He's R and B. Now you know what? Actually, I am wrong. I told I told you Q U E Z. Um, but that's his name on platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. But on social media, he's Q U E X Z underscore. So if anybody wants to find him that way, you can. Oh, definitely. We'll definitely go ahead and do that. I I definitely love R and B. Like. Not, I don't want to make him like you know, like oh, he sounds like this person. <laughs> say what his music is like a, I, I, like a mix of. If you had to pick artists that he's like a mashup of. What would you, what you know, would you say? he loves he loves Ty Dolla Sign and The Weeknd. So I would say probably a good healthy mix of those two, um, for his music style. Okay, that's that's definitely a bet because I already like those two people. Like <laughs> Ty Dolla yeah. Sign is a hit maker, and with and The Weeknd's. Okay. Girl, I will sing you to sleep. Also, like I'll do everything okay. for you. So I'm we definitely gonna check that out. Absolutely. I definitely think you should. Yeah, well, Marcia, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. I really appreciate it. And you know, in the future, I'm definitely gonna hit you up to be like, you want to do another episode? You know. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate you as well, Nia, for inviting me on your platform to speak. Um, and I, I definitely enjoyed our conversation as you can tell, because it's less than so long. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. You have a good day. You too. Bye. I wanted to highlight a few of the actors in both of the films. And I'm going to start with Dan Kalua in Get Out. Maybe some of y'all know, maybe y'all don't know. Uh, Dan was in a popular British show called Skins. That's where I first saw him, followed by the season one, episode two of Black Mirror, which is a really, really good one. And it showcased a lot of his acting abilities. And then you have Allison Williams, who plays Rose. She's mostly mostly known for playing Marnie in Girls. And uh, as well as Little Real Harvey, who plays Rod Williams, a TSA agent. I think he did such a good job and he was very funny. He was actually my favorite character in Get Out. And Lakeith Stanfield, who had a very small role in the film, playing Andre King. It, it was nice to see him in something. I will flock to anything that that man's in. He's such a good actor and does such a good job whenever he is on screen. My favorite movie of his actually is, um, I think it's called Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, like an indie film called Sorry to Bother You. That was a very, very good movie. Now moving along to us, you know, we all know Lupita Nyong'o. She plays Adelaide. You know, she's an amazing actress. She's multilingual. She's just a beast, obviously, at everything that she does. And Winston Duke, who plays her husband, Gabe, we mostly know him from Black Panther, and he did an amazing job in Black Panther. Um, and then the woman who played her best friend, Kitty, Elizabeth Moss, and we mostly know her from Handmaid's Tale and most recently, The Invisible Man. 
Um, I think they all did a, a really, really good job. So just wanted to highlight those people. And definitely, if you have not seen their previous work, I think everybody should go ahead and lean into that so you can kind of see how they've grown as an actor over the past few years or the past few films that they have done because everybody obviously has improved on their skills they're already naturally great but within the past few years of their work they've done even a better job Alrighty, folks well thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of pineapple rails i want to give a special thanks once again to marcia i appreciate you coming on and you know giving your opinion on both of the films i think we did a, i think you did a very very good job so i just want to say again i appreciate it and next week, I'll be covering heist movies, heist movies in general. So if you have any suggestions of heist movies that you think should be highlighted, please email them to me or DM me. Um, that email address will be pineapplereels at gmail.com. And the Instagram handle is the same thing, at pineapplereels. So if you have any suggestions, go ahead and let me know. I already have my top heist movies, but I'm always open to hearing somebody else's or maybe learning about some about a new movie I've never heard of that's a hidden gem. So go ahead, don't be shy, and let me know what you think. And I'll catch you next week. Thanks.